These last days we've been hearing from the Bread of Life discourse. Tomorrow, uh, if we um, had Mass or I were preaching anyway, uh, we would have the conclusion of the Bread of Life discourse in which we would hear that because of these words, many uh, no longer followed him, no longer walked with him. And it's one of those words that in my, in, uh, I knew I was studying way too much Greek when I woke up saying peripateo, meaning I will walk. Uh, because I had just read, read that passage the night before in Greek, and how sad it was that many just stopped walking with Jesus. And remembering at the time, uh, many of the teachers uh, would just simply walk and the disciples would follow, the, the students would follow the teacher, and that's how they learned. They were peripatetic. Peripateo, you, you see the, hear the connection. But what, even in this gospel passage that we have today, though, we have the Jews beginning to quarrel among themselves. How can this be? And even in our day, to eat, certainly to eat human flesh is always a repugnant thought. And even to think about animal blood is sometimes repugnant. Now, I know there are some that are... Uh, I know there's blood sausage and then I, there's blood pudding, I think there is, and I, I, I think there's two or three other that might be common throughout the world, but uh, by, by and large, most of us don't eat the blood. In, in the Old Testament, there was a, a law. You should not eat the blood. That was the, the source of life. And so as they hear, eat my flesh, drink my blood, not only is it a human thing, but there's a law against it. But notice what Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't go after them and say, wait a minute, I'm only talking metaphorical. Wait a minute, you're not understanding me. I'm just using, using this image to help you understand. Wait a minute. He, no, each time he gets stronger. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not have life within you. He's stronger. That his flesh is true flesh. His flesh is true food. His blood is true drink. That we must literally eat. Not his literal body, but his sacramental body. The bread, which becomes his body. The wine, which becomes his blood. And of course, St. John, being St. John, doesn't tell us this is exactly what he's referring to because St. John doesn't give us the Last Supper narrative where how we took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. But this is St. John's Eucharistic theology, that it is necessary. Notice also what Jesus doesn't do, besides not saying, I meant something else. He doesn't go after them. He doesn't go after, and we would hear that, of course, tomorrow. He doesn't go after those that would say, this is too hard for us. There's a sadness, perhaps. In fact, he turns to the apostles and says, are you too going to stop following? And Peter answers, Lord, to whom shall we go? You are the words of eternal life. Well, right with that answer, we get the hint that maybe Peter didn't fully understand what Jesus was saying either, at least not quite yet. 
but he was willing to continue to walk with Jesus. And today in our first reading, we have, of course, a conversion of Saul to uh, eventually he takes the name Paul. He was, well, sometimes in our popular imagination, we think he was riding a horse. That would have been highly unlikely for a Jewish person, uh, any Jewish person, to ride a horse. They were of, for the nobles and the kings and the, and the Romans. But perhaps he was walking and then he was knocked to the ground. And there's a play in words, perhaps, uh, here that, that he was walking to Damascus to arrest those who were followers of the way. And while on the way, he encountered Jesus. While on the way, he encountered the Lord who reminded him that he was persecuting, Saul was persecuting Jesus by persecuting the followers of Jesus. How closely our Lord and Master identifies with his church. How closely he identifies with us. Well, Saul gets up and continues on the way and becomes a follower of the way. There's something beautiful for us to contemplate there. And what's the big deal? Well, Saul saw and Jesus and the followers of Jesus disobedient people, people who would not follow the law, who rejected the law. When he encountered Christ, he began to see how Christ fulfilled the law, transformed the law. And St. Paul himself writes to the Corinthians, what I received I hand on to you that on the night before our Lord died, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it. He understood that somehow Jesus had transformed that law against flesh and blood, drinking blood, transformed it, fulfilled it. it. was not enough just to put the blood on the doorpost anymore, but to put it on our lips. That Jesus Christ was true to his word. Unless we eat, unless we drink, we will not have life.